Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 19 of the Bomber Brothers podcast. It's Tanaka time here in in this episode, and we've got we've returned to a sense of normalcy. Sean is back. Congrats on your wedding and the honeymoon in London as you were scouting the uh, the playing field for the Yankees and Red Sox in London in uh, June next year. And um, uh, you know, it it seemed more of like a business scouting trip than a honeymoon, but. um, that that's not actually what I was doing, but I well, I, felt, I feel like Woody. Like I was told I wasn't being replaced, but Kyle did such a good job. Now I'm I'm a little <laughs> jealous. Yeah, Kyle, uh, basically playing the role of Buzz Lightyear, fitting for the Toy Story Four trailer that just came out. But um, no, you know, wait, we can't, wait it, it came out. Yeah, you didn't. Well, like a teaser trailer. Uh, I we might have to pause the episode. <laughs> All right. Anyway. But um, yeah, no, we we were very happy with Kyle, and we had Brian Hoke on as a guest. It was actually our second most downloaded episode of all time. So Kyle made an, an immediate impact. What did you say? Way to rub it in. <laughs> well, you know, he just made an unexpected immediate impact. He was kind of like Miguel Andujar, and um, but no, he, he did a good job. Maybe we can get all the th- all three Chichester siblings on sometime in, in the near future. But um. I think you know, that might to be the new format. Yeah, it could work. It could get a little chaotic, but for this episode, we just have the two of us. Kyle's got a uh, Kyle's got the night off, and um, but no one on the Yankees does. It's a busy off season. There's rumors swirling already. Uh, Michael K tried to drop some hot stove rumors, I guess you could say, about news that has kind of already been news for the past week, but. Michael K is more of an announcer than a reporter, but anyway, Michael K on his show today says the says the Yankees are in, and I mean seriously in on Manny Machado. So, you know, does that surprise you at all? For me, I just thought that was already known. Um, you know, maybe he's revealing that they're more in than people might have thought. But just for me, not only is this something I thought was already a thing, I think it's something that absolutely should have been a thing in the first place. Yeah, and I, I think that the Yankees have pretty much, with the way that it's being reported, they're doing this extensive research into into Machado. That uh, it's been pretty well established that they're seriously in on Machado, and I would be surprised if they weren't. So, uh, again, it's not anything new. Anything any new news? I, we all knew that he would be a target of the Yankees. Um, I think news would be if like they're viewed as a front runner or if they've made progress towards a deal like that, that would be something that would kind of get me like, okay, but this is just kind of what we all expected. So I'm not, I don't really think, uh, Michael K who has blocked me on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> wait, whoa, back up. Why did he block you on Twitter? I'm only blocked by two people on Twitter. One is Buster only. And the other is Michael K. And the Buster only one is from a misunderstanding where I was actually trying to defend him. And I think he just blocked everybody in the group. And um, I've been trying to get unblocked, but it's, it's not working out. But anyway, um, maybe we Michael can have K- him as a guest on the podcast to hash things out. That I, I would welcome <laughs> that to explain myself because I love Buster. The Last Night of the Yankees Dynasty is an awesome book. Yeah, and it is. He does great work. And uh, no, I, I was blocked by Michael K uh, during one of the hashtag things better than K nights oh, uh, that the Francesa, Francesa crew was was uh, posting. And uh, I, I posted something. I don't remember what, but he just kind of blocks everybody that, that, that does that. Yeah, well, he's uh, creeping in on Francesa in the ratings. So maybe he's getting ready to have the last laugh. 
Well, I don't know if uh, Michael K knows who Stan Lee is, but we know that Mike Francesa <laughs> does not, and does not ca- does not care that he's dead. Yeah, that was terrible. That 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 boiled my blood a little bit. I love Stan Lee and R.I.P. to him. He's a great. And um, but anyway, I don't really feel like talking about Mike Francesa and tarnishing this podcast in any way. But in in terms of Machado. It's for me. It just seems like the the Red Sea is parting for the Yankees to make this move because you have, you know, and people are going to be upset about this, but you have a situation where both the Mariners and Indians are willing to part ways with some of their top tier starters like Paxton, Carrasco, Kluber, and if you bring on Machado, and everyone's complaining about what's going to go on with you know the infield, and you know everyone needs to get their playing time. Well. Now you've opened up an opportunity for Miguel Andujar to be included in a trade package for a Corey Kluber. And, you know, the starting pitching was clearly such a glaring need last year, especially in the postseason with how the starters fared against Boston and, you know, a proven, you know, innings eater. He has gotten hurt a couple times at some inopportune times, like against the Yankees in 2017, which I think kind of gave people this false image about his ability to be a quote-unquote big-game pitcher. But a guy like Corey Kluber, you can get him in a trade if you bring on Machado, and then all of a sudden you've added two generational talents to a 100-win team, and you've also probably made your defense better with uh, Andujar not being there. And as much as I love Andujar and all the incredible things he did, this season just to me that it just seems like a no-brainer yeah i i would focus the conversation with with miggy on on getting kluber for him because i think paxton is uh, a vastly overrated pitcher and coming off coming off you know a, a, a great year of course but um i i would i, I would definitely rather go with kluber and, and his track record um if we're going to be making this kind of move. And I agree with you. I, I don't, I do not enjoy watching, um, watching Machado play uh, as much as I do a guy like Harper. Cause I think Harper is a little bit more of like a, a flashy player. Uh, but I think he's, I think if you move Andujar in a trade and then sign Corbin, and now you have a rotation of Corbin, um, Kluber, Severino, Tanaka, and Sabathia, and then you get Machado to play third base. I, I mean, that the team is golden, and and I think that's that would that's be the best problem. team in baseball. Yeah, that's the best team in baseball, and I think that's the best case scenario for this offseason because they've solidified the depth um, uh, in the rotation by by having CC if they did that, and um, then you have the the young guns in AAA. Uh, as backup and there's no pressure on a justice Sheffield or a chance Adams or a Mike King uh, to try to crack the rotation. And then, you know, the other thing with the CC signing, which I know I didn't get to chime in on, but that also provides a little cushion for Montgomery to come back because let's say CC falters in the second half, which I mean, I don't know what, what caused his slight underperformance in the second half, but um you have Montgomery coming back as well. So if they could get those two guys, one by free agency and one by trade, and then plug in that hole with one of the best hitters in all of baseball, I mean, regardless of what you think of him and what he said um, in the postseason, 
and his hustle comments and all that stuff, people seem to like, like his players seem to like him from, from what we've read, like his Oriole teammates seem to really have enjoyed playing with him and the Yankees seem to really enjoy him. And, and I mean, I know Batances um, has been vocal about wanting uh, Machado to, to come to the Yankees. So I think if you do that, you, you do have the best team in baseball. And I, you know, I hope the Yankees try to go that route. Yeah, I'm definitely on Batanzas' side. I, I want Machado. I, I know there's the, you know, hustle concerns or lack thereof. But, I mean, come on. The guy is 25 years old. He has a proven track record of destroying the American League East, including the Red Sox. He's just, like we've said, he's a generational talent. He can hit for power and take him away from an organization like the Orioles. And all of a sudden, his defense becomes a lot better. So, I mean, just all signs point to Machado being, for me, the clear-cut big get for the Yankees in free agency this year. I would, I would take him over Harper. I know that lefty swing in Yankee Stadium is something to be coveted, but you know he's also shown that aside from that monster 2015 season and some spurts in 2017, Machado's clearly been the better, more consistent player. I, I really don't care if it's a. a right-handed bat he's still an elite right-handed bat so I, I i would go for machado yeah i i, I agree I, I like watching harper play more because he has that really pretty swing and it's uh I, I don't know you know me i like i like my lefties um but you know machado is obviously the better player and if the yankees are going to make an investment on a bat i would rather have them make the investment on machado than harper even though uh i like wa- watching harper swing more but uh yeah i mean if you know, I think the hustle thing is important. I think that it's good that the Yankees that I, you know, that Steinbrenner had kind of made those comments today about, you know, it is important just so they impress upon him, you know, the culture of the team and everything like that. And and I think that's something that maybe they, I don't know if they had in mind, but it's definitely um, having Gardner and Sabathia still around for another year. Um, as leaders will really help that because, you know, then, then it takes pressure off guys that haven't been there as long to, to be those kind of leaders and, and put a star like Machado in his place if he starts to falter. Yeah, that, no, that's that's a good point, and it, it's going to be great to have those veterans there again this season, just if not anything else, to keep instilling that experience that they've had with these young Yankees that are hopefully going to be leading the charge for the, for the years to come and and just real quick about Harper, I think I brought this up with Kyle last week, but in no way am I saying I would be upset if the Yankees got Harper. I would be happy if the Yankees got Harper because, you know, while I've said, you know, while I've given my pitch about how he is as a hitter, I've also seen really good hitters come to Yankee Stadium and become elite hitters. I mean, look at Curtis Granderson when he came to the Yankees. He was a good hitter in Detroit. He comes to New York with that lefty swing, and all of a sudden he's hitting 40-plus home runs a year. And uh, Harper's a better hitter than Cranderson, so it, it could become an even better get for the Yankees if they were to go to Harper. Just I'm just looking at the contract he turned down in Washington and the money he's probably going to demand, and I personally don't see the Yankees going after both Harper and Machado. So if you're going to spend that kind of money, I would prefer it go towards Machado, and then you you know, take the rest of the money you're planning on spending and, and go get Corbin. Yeah, I, I, I agree. But I mean, who knows, who knows what Cleveland's going to be asking for, for, for Kluber. It's going to be more than Andujar. I mean, you're probably looking at partying with L'Oreal too, I would assume. I would do that um, too. 
yeah, but you know, and, and then we'll see from there. But you know, let's assume that that happens, which is best case scenario. You're still left with an outf- with with a lack of outfield depth, in my opinion, because now that means you're counting on Gardner to play left field, right with Stanton as your DH. What, True, what, but what would you do to address the outfield? I mean, I, I guess you can see what the price would be to bring McCutcheon back for a year. Okay. He's, he's a great. I think he's a he showed how great he is at getting on base. He works plenty of full counts along at the top of the order with guys like Judge and Hicks and Stanton. They all have been known to work the count deep and and see a lot of pitches for the rest of the lineup to get a read of. So I, I think you, you can look at bringing him back at hopefully a somewhat discounted price and and if not you know it's it's just so shaky right now and hard to tell but you would hope that clint frazier can can be healthy but with those you know concussions are nothing to play around with so he should he shouldn't come back until he's 100 percent healthy and ready to go jacoby ellsbury is is not someone i'm counting on at all so why not i don't know i guess just the last couple years and thousands of injuries and just a couple catchers interferences along the way to to prove his value (laughs) (laughs) yeah i um yeah i don't know i one of the things that kind of i I, rubs me in a weird way is that john carlos stanton played what 159 games uh, two years ago in right field and then last year all of a sudden they kind of limit him and i know he had a bad hammy but is it really insane to think that he can't play left field this year on a a regular basis because we're just two years removed from him being an everyday right fielder in the national league i guess i just assume that the the concern was more the fact that he's used to right field and that's aaron judge's spot i mean he's a gold glove nominee he's one of the he has one of the better arms in the league so that's where that's where judge is going to stay and then you look at left field where there's so much more ground to cover than right field and so it's his a position he's not been used to playing at the major league level and there's way more ground to cover out there so i I would assume that those are the reasons why they're hesitant and maybe maybe they're worried about health concerns like you said he played 159 games in in 2017 if you look at the rest of his career that was actually kind of an outlier although those other injuries were kind of freak injuries getting hit in the face with a ball etc so Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's the only thing i can think of they're just worried about how much ground he'd have to cover out in left field i mean sure go ahead and put him out there and at fenway park maybe where you don't have to uh run around as much but that's also a tough place to get a read off a lot of fly balls so i would love for stan to be able to play left field but then you know where uh, who's your productive dh bat because gardner even at even at dh gardner can't play every day he's just that's that's just beyond him at this point in his career yep so we talked about maybe bringing mccutcheon back something we addressed last week while you were gone was david robertson and when we talked with brian hoke he said the chances of robertson returning were quote-unquote really good especially because he um, got rid of his agent and then you read uh another former bomber brothers guest mark craig wrote an article in the athletic yesterday i believe it was or maybe it was monday i can't remember but about how you know just robertson's quest working without an agent so far and he said that he's had contact with multiple teams nothing you know nothing went past casual conversations i guess is what it seems like from the report but does does that concern you a little bit you know personally when i first heard the news 
I figure that just meant he knows where he wants to stay. He likes it in New York, and that's where he wants to stay. But you know, of course, he could just be doing his due diligence and seeing what other teams are offering, so he he knows what he can go back to the Yankees with in terms of a new contract. But what, what would you put the odds of of Robertson being back in the bullpen come opening day? Probably seventy five to eighty um, percent. I, I think teams check in on guys all the time, and I mean, even Sabathia said on the R two C two podcast that he was getting calls like right away when free agency opened up. And I think a lot of teams do that just to check, like you know, on on the the mid level guys, like are you open to coming here? You know, some guys would just would shut it down for like a family reason, right? Like you know, some guys don't want to come to the East Coast, some guys don't want to come to the West Coast, whatever. Um, so, so, you know, probably just checking in, seeing what the interest level is, and then taking it from there for the guys they'd identify. So I think it's probably pretty standard to be contacted by a lot of teams. Maybe Robertson's agent, um, you know, I, I doubt he was like, okay, the Rockies called. Okay, the you know, the Twins called. Okay, the White Sox called. So he probably just isn't used to getting the attention. Uh, so I, I'm not overly concerned. But, I mean, they do point out in that article that uh, Mark wrote that he just bought a house in Rhode Island and his family wants to live there uh, full time. So that kind of leaves you with either Boston, New York, or the other New York team, the Mets. So I, I would say the odds are pretty good because who wants to go play for the Mets? Hey, they have the Cy Young winner. Yeah, well, and deservedly so. Degrom had an amazing year. He was awesome to watch pitch, and um, I'm I'm very happy for for Degrom. He deserved it because God knows they mistreated him all season in terms of run support. <laughs> and, and not that it matters. I mean, Scherzer had an incredible year, and this doesn't really matter because Degrom got the award. But I, I personally was surprised that it wasn't unanimous. I mean, I, I thought Degrom was the clear, obvious choice for the Cy Young, and and should be a candidate for MVP. Yeah, but the baseball writers never seem to do what should be done um, for the most part. That's uh, true. That's true. Just look no further than when our beloved Hideki Matsui was robbed of, of the Rookie of the Year way back when. And yeah. that's, uh, that's a good transition to this year's Rookie of the Year because that was the word a lot of Yankee fans threw around after the other night. Some Yankees themselves. I mean, you saw it. Justice Sheffield tweeting that um, he thought Andujar got robbed, and uh, he did finish second to Shohei Otani. Glaber Torres finished third, and you know, of course, Yankee fans are so you know loyal and reactionary and emotional, and sometimes it's to the point of extreme annoyance. But they do get behind their team just as much as they are quick to boo them when they don't succeed. But Andujar was a fan favorite. And just even despite all that, and I can't say enough how much I loved watching him play. I mean, he was one of the best hitters on the Yankees this season on a team where the Yankees set the record for the most home runs ever. So that's obviously saying something. I still think Otani was the pretty obvious choice for Rookie of the Year just because you look at his offensive numbers and then you have to remember he also had an ERA under three and a half on the mound. Yeah, I mean, he had not only did he pitch a few games uh before he got hurt his ops plus was also 100 what 152 Andujar is in the 120s yeah i think it was um, like 124 for Andujar. yes so, somewhere around there um and even with the diminished playing time he still amassed uh, i think almost four uh, otani amassed almost four war and uh Andujar is at like two and a half so all, all, all of the numbers even even with the limited time, point to point to Otani 
as the deserved player. And I'm, I'm feeling he's coming to grips with, yeah, he had less at bats, but that was because, you know, he was in, he was injured from, from pitching and things like that, which still that, that added value, the, the, the pitching part, because he pitched very well. And the other thing too, to me is the rookie of the year, um, award they said they set a precedent when Ichiro came over to give it to him as a player coming over for Japan so they should follow that even though they decided not to for one year of course when Matsui came over but um Otani was the the greatest story in baseball this season uh, at the beginning of the year when he was doing what he was doing and it's something that I know I'll remember for the rest of my life so giving him the rookie of the year I, I think is fitting because it's a really great story a really great performance uh, and something we've never seen before. We've never seen what Judge did last year. And if Judge, you, you know, when you look back at the 2017 season, you're going to think of the, oh, wow, Aaron Judge burst onto the scene that, that year. And hopefully when we look back at 2018, we'll think, oh, I mean, hopefully we'll think, wow, you know, Andrew Hart was either this great Yankee or we traded him after this great year and, and got something good for him. But, I mean, when the baseball fan thinks about it, they're going to think about, well, that's the year Otani came over, the guy that could hit and pitch, you know, like the, you know, the, the next Babe Ruth, hopefully, and his arm heals, and that becomes the story. And you mentioned the war, something that, you know, Andujar's war at the end of the season got hurt because of his, you know, to put it lightly, um, troublesome defense at the hot corner, and that's something that has to be taken into account. You spend half of the game out at third base at a, you know, really demanding position defensively, and he just didn't get the job done. Not saying that he can't improve. He has, he has a good arm. He clearly, you know, was was in his head at times with a lot of double clutches, and maybe needs to improve his range a little bit. But you know, that's uh, that's a huge part that needs to be considered when voting for stuff like that and uh-huh. and then an, another rebuttal from yankee fans was oh you know otani missed this time if, if if he was the clear winner this year why wasn't gary sanchez in 2016 gary sanchez i think had maybe half the plate appearances as and let me preface this by saying that i still thought sanchez should have won rookie of the year even though he played only about 55 games but he also had significantly less plate appearances than otani even though otani did miss time you have to remember sanchez didn't start playing until august i personally think his run in 2016 was so historic that he still should have won rookie of the year but there is a rebuttal to that argument in um bringing up sanchez yeah i mean that that's fair. I, I think Sanchez probably should have gotten it uh, because what he did was so historic uh, in, in, in 2016. And um, but but that's not something that I would flip out about. And, yeah, he only played in 53, 53 games in 2016. And I think um, Otani played in just give me one second. Everybody likes hearing me look up stuff. 104, so almost exactly double. And that was only batting. He, he pitched in an additional 10. So he was over double the amount of games that Gary Sanchez played. Yeah, so I, I for one, am, was totally okay with the vote. If I had one, I would have voted for Otani as, you know, as much as it how dare you as much as it sucks to go against the Yankee but but for me I'm more excited about the fact that you look at the past couple years and the Yankees have had what five players finish in the top finish it with rookie of the year votes I mean you had you had Judge um Jordan Montgomery Montgomery got a rookie of the year vote didn't he I'm 
I think he got a rookie of the year, but that's something we'll have to double check too. But basically, what I'm saying is the amount. Yeah, because I'm sitting here like, wait, who's the fifth? <laughs> the amount uh, of Yankees that have been recognized in the rookie of the year voting is is just such a testament to what the front office has been able to do. I mean, just think back to a few years ago when their farm system was just a dumpster fire. There was nothing there. I mean, it's it's incredible how fast this has turned around and how quickly these young players are making an impact yeah it's it's pretty good okay jeff sullivan wrote voted for hold on now we're approaching francesa dead air territory (laughs) yeah uh jeff sullivan voted gave a second place vote to jordan montgomery yep that's insane Okay, he was he was great as rookie year. He what oh, he, he led all rookie. He let for a rookie. He led all rookies in strikeouts. He was good. He wasn't great. I don't mean. Well, I, I guess I meant great in terms of you know a rookie lefty that came, seemingly came out of nowhere. You know what? I should be quiet though because I can't name any other big rookies in the American League last year because Judge was just so good that nobody even cared to debate it. Yeah, that's, I mean it was just that's fair. So speaking, anyway. of, speaking of Jeff Sullivan, um, this, this this wasn't from him, but it was from a fellow uh, Fangraphs employee. But this is an interesting tweet. He, he quote tweets Brian Hoax news that the Yankees are weighing Machado's off field comments and the la- you know I'm not a Johnny Hustle and that Hal Steinbrenner's evaluating all this. And he says off field conduct is important to to the team that acquired a role as Chapman twice. That's that's hard. <laughs> that's hard for me to argue with. You know, when they were able to get Chapman for a discounted rate initially, they didn't seem to care about his past because they were getting him for pennies on the dollar. And then they saw what he can do in the postseason, and he was, you know, worn down to nothing by uh, Joe Madden and won a World Series. So they pay him a bunch of money to come back. They still didn't care. So, I mean, for me, that kind of stuff irks me way more than than Machado's. I'm not Johnny Hustle comments or anything like that. Of, of course, of course, some of the childish antics on the field, like scraping feet with someone while crossing first base, like that's annoying. That shouldn't happen. But I mean, not to the extent of someone like Chapman, who you know, for the Yankees, didn't seem to matter when they brought him over twice. Yeah, it's it's a weird. It it is apples and oranges, right? Because you're comparing something that is happening on a baseball field, like a character as a baseball player. And then character as a person are are two different things. Um, So it is weird. It's like apples and oranges, but it's definitely um, a fair point that the Yankees definitely care about the the baseball character, but seem to not care that much about the personal character. Yeah, well, we'll see how much of an impact that has on them signing Machado. I'm ready. I'm ready for some for some hot stove rumors. I'm Dude, definitely I woke craving up today, some baseball. Yeah, I woke up today and I'm like, how far into off season are we? It's <laughs> November 14th. We're not even a full ha- we're not even a half month into the first month without baseball. It's been brutal. I've been I've been trying to um what's the word? satisfy that baseball hunger. I've read four baseball books. <laughs> well, no, I'm in I'm halfway through my fourth book since the season ended. So I uh, I didn't read the Babe Ruth book while I was on uh, the honeymoon. I actually Jane Levy will be disappointed. 
I uh, yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna read read Big Fella, but I, I was reading the Brian Hoke actually Baby Bombers, and then I get off the train from London to Paris, and I see you had him on. I said, son of a bitch, shouldn't have taken this vacation. But yeah, I, I almost I almost finished it, but I I watched Captain America, the entire trilogy on on the plane back from Paris, and and going there, I actually watched Forty Two and uh, Monsters Inc. So nice, all all good choices. That's 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 good. That's a good thing to bring up, maybe to hold us over. So maybe every week we can. Uh bring up we can each say a non-baseball related thing that we're excited for this in the coming week before we record again because i got one i got one in my head right now well creed Creed comes out this week yeah because we record on wednesday nights as we're here on a wednesday night and creed technically premieres on tuesday night and i have my tickets for 10 20 when i get off work and that is easily what i'm looking forward to oh wait i'm going to the notre dame game on saturday you can take creed i'm most excited for the notre dame game at yankee stadium so there is a little bit of a baseball tie to it so that yeah that's what i'm most excited for and now you can take creed too well yeah i got creed two uh tickets at seven o'clock so i'm gonna text you and let you know who wins the fight i thought you're going wednesday no i i I moved up to tuesday all right so well, I'll block well, your yeah, number we, for we a got a podcast. Hours. We got a podcast Wednesday. I'll be making, getting the turkey ready and uh, a turkey a in the oven. Yeah, you want the bird <laughs> go out in the alley? Get the bird. Um, yeah, no, that uh, I wish I could go to Notre Dame game with you at Yankee Stadium, but um, apparently all the leaves in the world fell on my yard while I was on my honeymoon, so uh, I have to take care of that. Fair enough. Well. You have fun with that this weekend. I'll send pictures from from the stadium, and um, yeah, well, I, I was there the last time they played though in the pinstripe bowl, even though that game was uh, retroactively taken away from them. So, yep. <laughs> well, let's hope that doesn't happen this year. But, but uh, so what's when do you think the hot stove will get hot then? Because I'm jonesing for some some baseball news, like. Every time you get a player, you start looking at like the lineup, and it gets you a little bit excited. But while you're waiting, it just sucks. Yeah, it does. I would. I'm kind of hoping that the uh, that the GMs and everyone hurry up and get to the winter meetings already. But that's. I mean, we're still, we're <laughs> you're still, still three weeks away. I know it's in Vegas this year, but um, I don't know what else to do. I'm just going to keep reading books and focusing on college football and go see we Creed should, a couple times. Should. We should go to the winter meetings next year. Where are they next year? I don't know, but we should just go and be like, see, see, see who we, if we can interview some people. Yeah, I will. We should. We can buy microphones with Bomber Brothers flags <laughs> on on them. <laughs> uh, get get some big free agents on. <laughs> All right. Well, we clearly have nothing left to talk about. So, what's uh? We'll try to get a guest on. Um, next week we had a couple potentials we, out we there. We better just, do something because I mean, geez, to fill up a whole winter. I know. I just, I'm just now realizing how hard this is, but we will well, figure I, it out. Well, I was thinking we could do a World Series video day. Uh, we could do favorite also, player day. <laughs> I also feel like we're the only people that care about the World Series videos that much. That's not true. That's not true. Oh, because yeah, you one, met that one guy at work. There was one guy I met at a party like 12 years ago who knew a lot about the 96 World Series video, but not as much as me. Well, hopefully he's listening because then at least we know someone will be satisfied. But, um, yeah. no, we will find, we will, we will uh, get some more exciting guests on to fill in the uh, 
dark, long night of the offseason, and we'll be back ready to roll next week. Sean will be back on uh, East Coast time and, and readjusted and no jet lag. And, and uh, Oh, I'm going to be pumped up. I mean, I've just seen Creed 2 the night before. I'll be ready to throw some punches. Yeah, we can give a quick review of the movie before we get into the Yankees well, stuff. That when I saw Creed 1, I almost jumped out of my seat. I was so excited. <laughs> yeah, well, if that... If that's how excited we were for the first one, now we throw in Ivan Drago, and now we'll be jumping through the roof. Oh, yeah, that's on the roof, over the roof. <laughs> All right, well, we'll see everybody next week. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, Sean, and um, that's all I've got. Are you vacuuming, by the way? It sounds like you're vacuuming. No, the heat just kicked on. That's another sign. I record in the basement, and the heater's down here, and that's another sign that we're out of time. All right. Well, uh, hopefully it's not like the furnace from Home Alone, and uh, have a good night. All right. Bye, everybody.